Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. We are going to talk a lot of football this week. Do a lot of talking about the Green Bay Packers and the upcoming NFC and AFC championship games. We're going to be talking a lot of football. But I want to take a step aside from the Packers, from the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Titans. And I want to talk about last night because last night wrapped up what I think uh, was the best weekend of football the entire year. Four really, really good divisional round playoff games. Or I should say two amazing games. One crazy upset. The Packers... Winning in a a pretty entertaining game. And then the Vikings getting just handled by the 49ers. A great weekend of games. But enough games. It's not like championship Sunday where there's only two. We had four great games. And then last night, kind of the finale of the whole weekend. The college football championship. The national championship game uh, of the, the college football playoff. Which obviously now has four teams instead of just two. Which I like. We get more games, more teams, more to talk about, more to watch. Uh, and LSU last night just continued to do their thing. They beat Clemson 42 to 25. And I'm sure a lot of you watched it last night. I would I would wager, I would bet that a lot of you didn't watch the entire game because it took, I, I guess I didn't even look at the clock. It felt like it took well over four hours, which I'm you know what I'm okay with. We talk about football, we love football. Why not watch as much football as possible? And the, the pomp and circumstance, the 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 ceremony that was last night's game was wild, including like a like a two-minute march into the game by by President Trump, and then the coin flip, and it, it just took forever. It felt like a national championship game. So yeah, it was four hours long. Who cares? I enjoyed it. LSU 142 uh, to 25, and I know this is the Wisco Sports, and we talk about Wisconsin sports, but I want to start with this today. We're going to talk Packers all hour long. We're going to be joined by Bart Winkler, uh, morning show host on 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee, and a UWL guy as well. Used to be here at News 8, worked in the area, so we'd love to have him on. He is funny. He is awesome. He's going to bring opinions. And we're going to talk Packers coming up with him at 5.30. But I want to start with last night because I, 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 I appreciated this game so much. And college football can be kind of hit or miss for me. Like if Ohio State's playing, I'm into it because I get to watch a Big Ten team. Or if a team with a number one overall draft pick is playing, I can get into it because I know that I'm going to be watching this player on Sundays in the NFL for years to come. If it's just Baylor, Texas, okay, yeah, I like football. I might watch a little, but I'm probably not going to be engaged from start to finish. I was locked in start to finish last night. I was pulling for LSU, but I wouldn't have minded seeing Clemson either. LSU is the new team. They're the new story, right? Clemson's been there the last couple of years. Bama's been there the last couple of years. LSU, it's, it's been a while, right? It's been a while. So I wanted to see LSU win. I would have been okay with Clemson too, because if Clemson would have won, they would have gone back-to-back, and all of a sudden, they're they're nearing a dynasty, right? And that's cool as well. So I didn't think we had a bad option last night. I found myself last night just kind of getting swept up in it because this game felt larger than life. And college football doesn't always feel larger than life. The NFL, it's the big stage. It's the bright lights. It's the big TV game. College football doesn't always feel that way. Last night, it definitely did because everybody involved in this game, the coaches, the players, everyone felt larger than life. First of all, first of all, before we talk about any specific players or coaches or anybody involved, both of these teams came into last night undefeated. LSU, Clemson, both came in 14-0. And I love the college football playoff. I do. 
because it gives a couple of teams a shot. And I think there's every year a couple of teams who could potentially win a national championship. I don't think there's eight, but there might be four. This year, it looked like there were three. And then Oklahoma was a tier below. I, I, I like the college football playoff, but it, but it kind of feels like a step back. The, the old national championship games, both teams were always undefeated. Everything was on the line. Last night felt bigger because of that. Both of these teams came in 14-0. and And it felt like an old BCS championship game. It felt powerful. It felt meaningful because both of these teams were undefeated. It felt like it meant more. That was really cool. I thought the quarterbacks last night felt larger than life. Just, just say, do this with me. Say their names. Say Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Those sound like legendary NFL quarterback names. Joe Montana. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence. Those are awesome quarterback names. And I know that that doesn't mean a whole lot. And those two quarterbacks are going to be NFL quarterbacks. Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick in this year's draft. Trevor Lawrence could very well be the number one pick in next year's draft. But but just their brand, Trevor Lawrence with the long hair. And Joe Burrow has like a, a swagger that was borderline cocky. But yet I also loved it and I hated it at the same time. These quarterbacks were fun to watch. They felt like characters on a stage. And that doesn't always happen in college football. Typically in the NFL, I, I feel that. Patrick Mahomes is a character. Aaron Rodgers is a character. Jack Cohen, uh, David Blau at Purdue. Uh, I don't even remember who played quarterback for the uh, Tanner Morgan at the at, for the Gophers. Didn't really feel larger than life. Last night felt larger than life. By the way, Joe Burrow against the number one defense in the country uh, threw for 463 yards and five touchdowns. So their play, not bad either. The head coaches feel larger than life. Dabo Sweeney, if you've ever actually read or, 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 or dug into and learned about him and the way he came up through Clemson, it was kind of a reach. It, it was a kind of a risky hire. They had to take a little bit of a leap of faith with Dabo and look where he's brought them, right? From, a, from, a, from an assistant coach to where they are now, they're the new Alabama. And Dabo Sweeney has a brand. He feels larger than life. And Ed Orgeron, look, I, I, I've known about Ed Orgeron because he's kind of been... Not necessarily a meme, but everybody loves talking about him on social media just because he's funny. Just the way he talks, the way he is. Some of the stories about Ed Orgeron grew up like in the bayou in Louisiana and, and talks like it. If you didn't watch last night, and, and, I'm, I, and I, let me explain further. This is what the man sounds like. Oh, great fans for being here. Man, we left that state, uh, the hotel today. What a phenomenal group it had. It just gave us energy and all night. And they've been with us all year. Like he sounds like LSU. He, look, he, looks, he looks and sounds like a frog. Big, huge, strong guy. And in college football, the coaches at those big programs, Saban, Sweeney, Orgeron, Pete Carroll when he was at USC, they feel larger than life. They, they feel like, like, they're, like they're a level above a normal human. Like they're almost like some sort of god. And I thought both of those coaches felt that way last night and made the game feel really, really cool. The wide receivers, running backs, defensive backs, the players other than the quarterbacks last night. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch a lot of SEC football. And I don't really pay attention to prospects until I have to when the mock drafts start rolling out and, and we start talking about who the Packers might draft or the Vikings or the Bears. I didn't know a lot of these names last night. I knew a few. I was blown away at how fast, how strong, how hard they hit, how fast they could change direction. Th th those players were electric, especially the skill, po skill position players on both sides of the field. That's what SEC football is supposed to feel like. That's what a national championship game is supposed to feel like. They were, they were electric and they were so much fun to watch. And once again, talking about the coaches being larger than life, how about the defensive coordinators for these teams? I'm sure you saw Brent Venables being talked about last night. Dave Aranda, we are familiar with Dave Aranda because he used to be the defensive coordinator for the Badgers. 
let me put this into perspective. These two guys are so great at what they do, and these teams are so great at winning because unlike at Alabama or at other programs, Brent Venables, he's actually been there. He's been there since 2012. He hasn't tried to go get a bigger, better job. Dave Aranda's been there since 2016, which I know is only four years, but as a top assistant in a, in a really successful program, that's a long time. Brent Venable, by the way, paid about $2.5 million a year. Dave Aranda is paid $2.5 million a year. These guys make a ton of money, and they've been there. Brent Venable is not, it's not a pit stop for him. Clemson is his gig. He's been there. He's been with Dabo. He's a part of it, as is Dave Aranda for the last five years. They're both getting paid a ton of money. And both of those defenses played like they were coached by a man who makes a ton of money and has a bunch of buying into the program. Larger than life. All over the board last night. God, that game was fun. And I know it wasn't close down the stretch, but watching Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence trade drives and trade big throws and watching the wide receivers, good God, I'd take any one of those guys on the Packers right now. God, it was was a fun game. And it felt... Larger than life. It was compelling. The lights felt bright. It meant it felt meaningful. Both teams coming in undefeated. Last night's national championship game was awesome. Definitely a step up, as it should be from a Georgia-Texas bowl game or whatever bowl game. Fill in the blank. So LSU becomes your national champion. And I was I was researching a little bit, reading about their season uh, and, and all that they accomplished today. And it, it was actually pretty wild because I, I feel like I didn't appreciate or, or just didn't notice how dominant LSU has been this year. Did you know? And maybe you did. I didn't. This year, this year, LSU beat Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Florida, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma. And they beat Texas A&M too. I believe seven, I was checking, seven of those eight teams all won bowl games. And here's the crazy stat. I saw this on, it was actually on Cowherd's show today, their, their college football analyst, Joel Klatt, who does color commentary with Gus Johnson, pointed this out and my jaw dropped to the floor. LSU beat all four of the preseason AP top four teams, and they beat them by an average of 21 points. Good God. That was a fun, and it it was so much fun to watch last night. It was so much fun to watch. I had a blast. I know it took over four hours. I don't care. It happens once a year, but like, get comfortable on your couch. What do you want me to tell you? Where do you want to go to bed so you can wake up and be without college football? No, I'll take an extra hour of football. Slow it down. I want to enjoy it. I want to savor it. Last night was a lot of fun. LSU completing just a dominant season. Joe Burrow's unreal, by the way. He's going to go number one overall, won the Heisman, setting numerous records this year for passing yards, passing touchdowns, touchdowns accounted for. And last night, threw for five touchdowns and 460 yards against the best defense in the country. Clemson's defense is really good. But after the first couple minutes, Joe Burrow had whatever he wanted. Awesome game with a lot of big personalities, and the lights felt brighter. It felt like it meant a lot. And for, for me, who I don't have a team in that fight, I don't have a dog in that fight, Wisconsin's been done for weeks now, I had a blast. And I think that's all, that's all I can ask for. That's all I can ask for is a couple hours of entertainment. I definitely got that. Now, setting college football aside, let's move on uh, to the NFL. Let's talk about the Packers. We are going to start to preview the 49ers. We're going to do that coming up at the end of the hour, and we're going to preview and, 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 and cover the Packers with Bart Winkler coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, Bart Winkler from the fan in Milwaukee as well. We're going to talk to him. But first, I, I want to talk about this, this winning ugly narrative. Uh, the Packers, man, people don't like the Packers. I've been watching ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or NBC Sports. Like People don't want to buy into the Packers, and that's fine. I don't care. But I'm a little bit confused by it. I, I want to explain coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show brought to you by Played Against Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY.
Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. I'm having an awesome night. I'm having a great day. I hope you are as well. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to talk a lot of Packers because it's it's pretty wild to think Packers one game away from the Super Bowl for what would it be the third time in six years? Third time in six years. Do I have that right? 2016, 2014 and 2020. Pretty crazy. We got to soak it in. So we'll preview that game. We'll talk about the Packers. We're also going to talk uh, to our friend and uh, recurring guest on the Wisco Sports Show, Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, The Fan. Coming up here in about 10 minutes. Always, always a fun interview. We'll see what he has to say. I don't want to begin to preview San Francisco yet. In fact, we're going to do that uh, in about a half hour, right before 6 o'clock. What I do want to do, I want to ask for your advice. I want to ask for your help. I want to ask for your clarification. I still don't understand this winning ugly narrative that surrounds the Green Bay Packers or this fraudulent narrative that surrounds the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, they've had some ugly losses. Sure, what season doesn't have ugly losses? I I get they have underwhelmed at times. And I admit to that. That's fine. I'm not looking at this thing through green and gold glasses. I truly am confused. I truly don't know why this winning ugly narrative persists. And I'll give you some, some examples here in a sec. Sure, they haven't blown out every single team they've played, but the NFL, nobody's blowing out anyone. Have you seen this? Like, the, the rules and the way that NFL games are now played, it's so difficult to end a game. The Packers are up 21-3 to at half, and they scored, I think, the, the first time they had the ball or they answered that Seattle score right off the bat. And still, it was a, it was a game all the way down to the wire. These games aren't played to be blowouts. It just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, the Packers haven't blown out many teams, but who cares? Nobody's blowing out teams. I'm confused as to where this narrative of winning ugly or fraudulent or overrated. I'm I'm confused to where that came from. Maybe it's because the Packers won 13 games. And when you see a team that that wins 13 games, 13 and 3, you think elite, you think historically great. Maybe the Packers aren't any of those things. I'm I'm not sure. We'll see how the rest of the postseason plays out. But it's almost as though the Packers have been penalized for winning a lot of games. Like, if the Packers went into the postseason 9-7, and would we talk about them in the same way? Or would we say, man, this team's dangerous because they haven't played their best football yet? Man, this team's dangerous because they have Aaron Rodgers. Anything can happen. Man, this team is dangerous because they're playing their best ball at the right time. Is it because they won 13 games? I don't know. But yet, still this winning ugly narrative persists. Still this fraudulent, overrated narrative exists. And look, I don't care. ESPN, FS1, NBC, CBS, they can they can say whatever. Bill Michaels can say whatever he cares. I don't want, I don't care. Everybody gets their own opinion. I'm confused as to how some of these individuals are coming to the conclusion of overrated, fraudulent, winning ugly. Let's get into it. Let's look at some examples. There are a few games this year that the Packers won ugly. And I will admit to that. And hell, I'll embrace it. Because a win, an ugly win is better than a loss. Any type of loss. The 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 best example of an ugly win this year probably is Washington. Uh, they played uh, Washington. What week was it? They played Washington to move to ten and three. So that was week thirteen, uh, back in December, and they won twenty to fifteen, which isn't obviously overwhelmingly impressive, right? Washington was bad, although they have a, a decent running game and they have somewhat of an identity. They're not a very talented team. They're not a very well-coached team, and the Packers only beat them by five at home. I get that that's not a beautiful game. Fine. Not every game is going to be a beautiful game. The Packers then 
played the New York Giants. That was actually the week before. And they beat them 31-13. to And yeah, it probably wasn't the most beautiful. The, the scoring for the Packers in this game went as such. They scored 14 in the first, 3 in the second, 0 in the third, and then another 14 in the fourth. Which ultimately, they, they pulled away. And they, you know, stretched the gap to 31-13 as they uh, only allowed 3 Three points in the second, three points in the third, and zero points in the fourth. So the Packers took a while to pull away, but they eventually did it fine. You can classify that as an ugly win. I don't I don't disagree with that. The Packers did have some ugly wins this year. But there's some other games where I thought they just kind of won in normal fashion, and this winning ugly sticker was then applied to those wins without any rhyme or reason. Number one is the Chicago Bears game. Number one is the Chicago Bears game. That was graduation weekend. And and the Packers beat them 21 to 13 to move to 11 and 3. That was week 14 before they began that run of Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, that three-week divisional game stretch at the end of the year. They started that stretch by beating the Bears, who at the time were trying to make the playoffs. They had won a couple games in a row. They were probably feeling the best they had felt since early on in the season, and they were looking to claw and fight and scratch their way into the postseason. The Packers won 21 to 13. They covered the spread, by the way, which I know not all of you are gamblers, but that kind of puts it into perspective. Green Bay was four and a half point under or favorites, and they won by eight. That's almost double what the spread was. And once again, that's that's not I'm, I'm not making analysis off gambling here. I'm just going to show you the Packers were only four and a half point favorites. They won by eight and they beat a Chicago Bears team that was trying to get into the playoffs. How, how explain to me how is that winning ugly? Is it time of possession? The Packers lost time of possession. Oh, they scored quick. <laughs> Who cares? Is it because Chicago had more yards? Well, they couldn't punch the ball into the end zone. They weren't effective with it. They only scored 13 points. Who cares? Took them until the fourth quarter to get a touchdown. Who cares? Is it because Chicago had more first downs? Who cares? I don't understand how a, an ugly win. I don't, I don't get how that label was attached to that game. They covered the spread at home against a team that was vying for a playoff spot. Another game that was called an ugly win. It was the Vikings game. The Packers won 23 to 10. This is a day before Christmas Eve, remember. To move to 12 and 3. Okay, is it because the Packers didn't blow the Vikings out? Is it because they only won by 13? Well, once again, the Packers covered. In fact, the Vikings were favored in this game. They were 4-point favorites. So not only did the Packers cover, they won outright and they won by 13. So I don't I don't think it's not it's not because they didn't win by enough. That can't be why they won ugly. Well, what's, what's the reason exactly? Is it because Aaron Rodgers missed some throws in the first half? Fine. They won at U.S. Bank Stadium. They had yet to do that. How did how did that become an ugly win? Where did that label get applied to this game? Where did, when did they slap that sticker on it? Packers had some wins this year that were underwhelming. Washington and New York come right to the front of my mind. But But it's almost as though... People saw those games and then started calling every game ugly. Like, that, that was not an ugly game. They beat the Vikings at U.S. Bank. The Vikings are competing for the division. They beat them at their home building, where they had never won before, by 13. They beat the Bears, who were trying to fight for a playoff spot and had every reason to compete. They beat them by eight and covered the spread. How, how is, is, is that an ugly, how is that an ugly win? Someone explain that to me. I don't know. Now, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks game. Let's talk about Sunday's game. The division round win at Lambeau Field, 28-23. I'm not looking for people to crown the Packers. That's not what I'm looking for. I, once again, you can think what you want. People can say what they want. 
I'm just confused as to how people are coming to this conclusion that the Packers are the most fraudulent 13 and 3 team ever. When, oh yeah, the Ravens went 14 and 2 and lost. Uh, the Saints went 13 and 3 and lost. The Patriots lost. But yet the Packers remain and they're fraudulent. They're overrated. They're they're fraud. I, I don't I don't get it. The Packers beat the Seahawks by five. Once again, for a point of reference, the spread in this game was four and a half. The Packers covered. Not, I didn't gamble on this game. I didn't bet on this game. But that just goes to show you the Packers exceeded expectations when it came to the the, the point margin. Is it because the Packers didn't blow them out? Nobody blows out anybody in the NFL anymore. At least not very often, especially not in a playoff game that included Russell Wilson. It's a playoff game. They won. They covered, which is a big deal if you're trying to define a, a win as ugly or, or beautiful or whatever. And Russell Wilson is incredible. That's all anybody's talked about for two straight days. Russell Wilson's amazing. Russell Wilson's incredible. Well, the Packers shut him out for the first half. Seahawks had three points through the first half of the game. Are they, they're not, Wait, they're not going to get credit for that? How can Russell Wilson be amazing and the Packers win and the conclusion be, uh, yeah, the Packers are overrated? What? Packers neutralized him for a whole half. I don't know if the Packers are winning ugly. I think the Packers have found a formula to win with the exact team that they have. They're not trying to win like the Ravens or the 49ers or the Patriots are winning. They have found a formula to win that maximizes the players and the coaches they have. And people keep saying it's, oh, it's going to catch up to Green Bay. It's going to catch up to them eventually. Okay, you can say that in week four. We're in the NFC championship game. I don't know if it's catching up. If the Packers lose this weekend, their their style of play will have not caught up to them. They will have been beaten by a better team. I don't understand. Are, is everyone drunk? I think that might be what it is. I think everybody at ESPN is just hitting the sauce. How is it that in the drunkest state in the entire country, Wisconsin, we have a better idea of, of our team, the Green Bay Packers, than, than the people who, who apparently don't drink as much as us? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think everyone's drunk. I think everyone at ESPN and Fox and CBS and NBC are drunk because I don't understand how this narrative is continuing. We just looked at five games for evidence. I, I, don't, I, don't, really, I don't really understand where that's coming from. I'll ask that uh, and a whole lot more to Bart Winkler. He's going to join us coming up on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text on one of my favorite guests, a recurring guest here on the Wisco Sports Show uh, from 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee. We'll get his thoughts on the Packers on the Seattle game and maybe just maybe begin to preview the NFC Championship game coming up on Sunday afternoon. That coming up next and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you're having a good night. We're talking football. We're talking the Green Bay Packers. They have a date with the San Francisco 49ers, or I guess a a rematch, a second date with the San Francisco 49ers uh, coming up in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. I want to get everyone's opinion. I want to get everyone's thoughts on this team. So I thought let's bring back uh, one of my favorite recurring guests, uh, Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee. Now, Bart, the Packers won on Sunday. They beat Russell Wilson, and I was kind of I was worried right down until the final play when they actually won. So they are moving on. I, I don't want to like I don't want to steer you in any direction. I don't want to talk about any specific thing. Like, wh- what was your reaction? Uh, what were your thoughts immediately after that game? Well, throughout the game, I understand why everybody got a little nervous. I mean, you're up 18, Seattle scores. You go up 18 again, and you think, okay, that's going to do it. And then Russell Wilson was just tremendous in that game, pretty much playing one on 11. So 
I understand if people started to have flashbacks to the 2014 NFC Championship game. I felt confident the Packers were still going to pull that out. I just thought there is no way, as as many bad things as happened to us in Wisconsin with our sports teams, there is no way we're going to blow it to Seattle again. I think what really sealed it for me was when they got the sack on a two-point conversion and the Packers stayed up five and you thought, all right, I mean, you remember that championship game, 15 yep. different things went wrong. It wouldn't have been that case this time. It was just Russell Wilson was amazing. But the Packers' defense, you know, bend but don't break, that's what they say. Win ugly, that's what they say. This is the blueprint of a Packers game. Start out hot and then kind of give it away. This was the same game that we've been used to seeing, and hopefully we can see it again this weekend. So I feel good. The one thing I didn't want, and some people are having a hard time understanding why I say this, but – as a Packer fan, I do not want to take on the Vikings. Me neither. All the Vikings just got whooped in San Fran, but I just, I just did not have a good feeling about playing them in Lambeau in any situation. So I actually welcome the challenge for them to go out to San Fran. They got killed there two months ago. You can get that and bet that they won't try to play that way again. Matt LaFleur is going to be just as motivated, extra motivated Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like I would say San Francisco's favorite for a good reason. They're yeah. Probably the better team, but that does not mean Green Bay can't go in there and win on Sunday. No, I, I agree. I think in the postseason, it's a it's a new season every week. It's these little mini one-game seasons, and so much can change for week to week. And, and we're going to talk about that uh, coming up in about 15 minutes, actually. That was a, that was a perfect teaser. I, I want to ask you about this win-ugly narrative, because you said that. And the, the Packers this season had some ugly wins, like the Washington game, the New York game even though they were going to win both of those games the whole time, it wasn't the prettiest game. And like, Bart, I'll be honest, one of my New Year's resolutions in 2020 is to try to drop uh, my nasty small market inferiority complex around the Packers, the Bucks, and the Brewers. Like, I'm trying to get rid of that, but I don't understand. No, you'd be the first yeah, to do it successfully. It would. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm motivated. <laughs> I don't get why this narrative persists. Like, what was unimpressive about that game on Sunday? And yet this week, people are saying... The Packers are frauds. The Packers are the worst 13-3 and three team ever. I think the Packers have figured out the perfect way to win for them. They're not trying to win like the Niners or win like the Ravens. They've figured out how to maximize the players and the coaches that they have, and they're doing it week in and week out. They've won, what, 14 to 17 games? I, I don't get it. I, I Once again, I don't care because I'm trying to drop that complex, but maybe explore what have you heard about this Packers team being overrated and, and kind of how does that land for you? Yeah, it's just it's been a weird season in that regard. I think... You know, when you look at a team that's 13-3, and three, you expect a certain kind of style of play from them. If you go back to 96, when they went 13-3 and three and won that Super Bowl, they dominated teams. I mean, they flat-out dominated teams on the road to the Super Bowl, and I think that's kind of what you look at. But if you look at some of the teams this year that have dominated teams, I mean, the Saints are out of it now, yep. and the, uh, the Ravens are out of it now. The Chiefs. The Chiefs have won some ugly games. Granted, they had a month without Patrick Mahomes, but they've won some ugly games. The Niners, you know, the Niners have a handful of games that have gone down to the final play. It's not like their wins are Picasso paintings. The Titans, I mean, they, you want to talk about win ugly, but yeah. if that's, that's really all that matters, duh, is winning. I don't know why we get bent up in that. Maybe you look back at the Packers and say, well, the, the way they're winning, I, I'm not confident that they're going to win this week. That That's nothing that 
they care about in the locker room. So that's the good thing. Yeah. And and that's the difference with being a fan and, you know, being on the radio and, and talking about it with other fans. We can, like, have our insecurities because we don't think that our team played pretty enough. But the team that we like is winning, and when you win, you learn how to win, and then you win more. And this Packers team, yeah. Did they have a lead against the Lions at all this season in 120 minutes? No. But did they win both of those games? Yeah. And <laughs> the, the problem, I think, coming into this one is they've got to get out to a fast start, and then they've got to, they've got to maintain that. The, the playoffs are so wild where if you have a game like you did in November in San Fran, remember Aaron Rodgers fumbled right away, Niners scored, and it was pretty much over. Yeah. The, the playoffs – I think I think we think of these games as long three and a half hour games. It's only sixty minutes of football, and eleven minutes of that is the actual action. There are not a lot of plays that get run in these games, so you've got to take your advantages quick. You cannot turn over the ball, especially early, because that's what happened in San Fran. That's how they lost in uh, the week after the bye week. So these, I mean, things can change so quickly. You want to win ugly. You want to win pretty? We can talk about it and dissect it, but I'm telling you, they do not care. They just want to win. Well, and that's what I like, and I guess that's not a surprise at at all. It's just fascinating to me. As somebody who, like, and I don't know if you're the same way, I love sports radio and sports TV because, to me, half of the fun of sports is is not the sports itself, but also the narrative, also the takes and what goes along with it. And and I'm so confused as, as we're here on January 14th and the Packers are one game from the Super Bowl and people can still call them fraudulent. Okay, fine, but I guess a fraudulent team can make the NFC Championship game, I guess. Bart Winkler from the fan in Milwaukee joining us for a couple of moments here on the five-star telecom talk uh, and text line. What about Aaron Rodgers, Bart? He he was bad. I am the biggest Aaron Rodgers stand that I know. I think he's the best quarterback <laughs> I've ever watched. I love him. That Detroit game made me mad because it seemed like he was missing throws. He didn't have to miss. Like, why are you throwing sidearm? Why are you throwing off your back foot? Just get the job done, make the easy throws, and you win. I think, however, if, if they can get MVP Aaron Rodgers, this team can win a Super Bowl. Seattle, I thought they got like 75% of MVP Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to need a little bit more from him. Not a lot more, but a little bit. Another player, too, if they want to beat the Niners in San Fran. Where do you... Where do you sit with number 12 right now, with Aaron Rodgers? Because I know you hate well, when people call him by the name. I don't know if MVP Aaron Rodgers exists sure. anymore. I think I think you can get close to that, but I don't know if, like, the MVP – I mean, when I'm talking MVP, I think that's what the winning ugly thing. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to shock us off. He throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Oh, yeah. One, that's just not how they play this year. And two, that's not how he's been playing. I mean, to get 200-some yards and two touchdowns, 16 for 27 against Seattle with a lot of key third downs and an interesting stat. Every pass he threw over 10 yards, he completed in that game against Seattle. So he was very good, especially on third downs, and you saw the Aaron Rodgers, at least close to it, that you wanted to see. Rodgers has had some games over these last three years, you know, ever since that collarbone injury. There's been games where he's looked good. There's been games where he's made just dumb mistakes. And not in the terms of where Favre would just chuck the ball in the air, but hanging onto the ball too long. Uh, Rodgers has thrown a lot of balls into the dirt. He's been, he's been very off. The Detroit game was weird because I think it was a different kind of failure for him. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it was. He looked fine, 
but he wasn't executing. And he talked about that after the game. He said, I felt good, but it just it, I wasn't there. And when guys become elite and start to lose it, it still feels good for them, but they're not getting the same results. So that's why it was weird. It wasn't just, oh, he's you know having a bad game. It was, oh, no, he's like losing his skills. But he showed you again on Sunday that he still very much has those skills. I don't know if he's the, the one quarterback I'd rather have this weekend than anybody. I mean, you could argue, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And maybe you could argue one of the other guys if, if you want to go down that route. But Aaron Rodgers, he wants this. He knows his time is winding down. He can still get close to that MVP level. We, we can't, like, lie about it. They've got to play a near-perfect game in San Francisco to win. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers needs to play as close to the MVP level as possible. But what I've liked about this team all season is that he is not – he doesn't have to be option A. In 2016, last time they got to the NFC Championship game against Atlanta, he was option A, B, and C. Yeah, he was they're, they're, the only the team option. Was bad. <laughs> and that was a fraudulent team that got to the NFC. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that team did. Oh. This team is better than that team. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be option A. The defense can be. The running, the running game can be. Aaron Rodgers has to be option C. So that's what I like about this team the most is that Rodgers, you don't need him to be the MVP, but if you can get what you got out of him in Seattle, then, yeah, they could be playing in Miami in two and a half weeks. Yeah, I I look at San Francisco and all, all the playmakers they have on defense, and I try to figure out how the Packers score 21, 24 points on this team, and I think they're, it's going to have to include just a couple magical Aaron Rodgers throws, but that's something uh, we're going to talk about as the week goes on as we get closer to Sunday. Bart, uh, this popped into my head this afternoon, and this is a complete change of pace. Can I ask you a really quick Bucks question, just because I'm curious? You may. Well, I guess, I guess this is my show. I... We haven't really had a whole lot to talk about the Bucks because they don't lose. Like it's, it should be great radio, but there's just nothing to talk about because they keep winning. And there's nothing really that interesting. I, I'm I'm watching Giannis, and I saw another piece today about how Pat Riley is just going to try to make moves in Miami, and and I think Pat Riley is the real deal and trying to recruit players and, and build good teams. Have you seen what I've seen the last couple of weeks? I've watched the Bucks, and like Giannis looks different to me. Like he looks more serious. He goes into the tunnel right after games. Like I, I haven't seen him smile as much. Am I overanalyzing this, or is this something that you have seen and like tried to ignore? I'm trying to ignore it. I'm trying to act like I don't see it. But, like, have you noticed anything with Giannis, or am I the, am I the only one? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that mean he's focused? I mean, I I guess no. no I mean, they're, they're winning. It's like it's like he's leaving the court after they win. And he goes, okay, ugh, and he runs into the locker room. And maybe that's an overanalyzation by me. But when when he's not acting like the, I think we've seen Giannis kind of grow up. And there's always been a little bit of like a kid, kind of like a child in Giannis. And I haven't seen that. And maybe I'm just getting scared to get scared. Bart, I'm scared. I'm scared that he's going to reject <laughs> that supermax. Have you seen any of that? Well, that there was a, a Fox Sports Wisconsin's post game interview where Giannis crashed the interview that. Middleton and Bledsoe were doing that. That's some good levity that might help you out a little bit. The three of those guys with Zora Stevenson. I think that, you know, this Bucks team, there's not a lot of drama to it. They are winning. Uh, they're going to win tonight against the Knicks. Yeah. When they do lose, it's like, uh, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a catastrophe, <laughs> but it's because look at where Giannis was last year. They were nearly up three, nothing in the Eastern conference finals. And then they lost four in a row. And then to get to that point, you have to play another 82 games after a preseason and then two rounds of the playoffs again just to get to that point. 
I mean, it's not like in a video game where if you lose a life, you've got a quick reset if you hit one of the markers. You've yeah. got to go all the way back from level 8 all the way back to level 1 and start the whole thing over again. And if there is any of that seriousness, I, I would just be like, give me to the playoffs already. We know how good we are. We know we're deep. If I'm Giannis, I know I'm great. I want these games to have a little more to them. That's where I would be thinking he's doing that. As far as the Pat Riley stuff and the Warrior stuff, this stuff's not going to go away. I, I think he's going to resign here. I, I can't say that for sure. I would just – this is a team that their window is right now. Yeah. Win, win right now and then see what happens. No, I agree. And you know what? You actually made me feel better, Bart, about the whole the video game analogy. That's exactly what I what I needed to hear today. And I, I thank you very much. And thank you for your Packers takes, your opinions, your analysis. Uh, as always, ha- have a good one. Let's. How about this? The Packers win the Super Bowl, and we'll have you on that week, and we can just kind of celebrate. We'll bring all our Packers guests back. Would you do that? Yeah, I'd like to do it in lacrosse. I'd like to come back and do it live, yeah. You need to come visit lacrosse. I think you're having withdrawals since your UWL days, so please come visit. Uh, We would love to have you, Bart. Thanks again for the time, uh, and I hope to talk to you again soon, hopefully about a couple more Packers wins. Best city in the world, lacrosse, Wisconsin. Hell yeah. Thanks again, Bart. He knows how to uh, he knows how to play to an audience. That man, he definitely does. That's Bart Winkler, one hundred five seven FM, the fan uh, in Milwaukee, and maybe you will have to come visit. Hopefully, to talk about a Packers win over San Fran, and just maybe uh, in Miami in the Super Bowl as well. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about San Francisco because we we've kind of been reveling in the Seattle game and talking about the Seattle game. I, I want to take the first step in turning the page towards next weekend and just give you my my very quick brief first thoughts on the upcoming NFC championship game. That's coming up next. We'll wrap up the Wisco sports show here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco sports show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We've covered a lot of ground today. We talked about the national championship game. Talked Packers, talked winning ugly, talked to Bart Winkler of the fan in Milwaukee. And if you're just tuning in, if you missed out on that, I'm sorry. But you can get yourself caught up. Just go to WKTYsports.com or open our mobile app. The podcast will be posted there just after the show ends so you can catch up uh, on what you missed. Yesterday was a lot of uh, a lot of time reveling in the Seattle win. We talked a lot about Sunday's game. We really didn't start Uh, or begin to talk about the upcoming NFC Championship game. Really didn't talk about the Niners or Jimmy G or Kyle Shanahan or any of that. Now that we, I think, have really talked about Seattle and said everything that that needs to be said, it is time. Tuesday night, the end of the show, let's start to turn the corner. Let's start to preview. Let's start to look ahead towards next Sunday. 5.40 kickoff in Santa Clara uh, against Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. I'm just going to give you my first thoughts. Before I've really done any research, before I've watched any highlights or watched any video... The good, the stuff I like, the stuff I am i don't like, maybe the stuff I'm worried about, and the, the stuff that I'm up in the air on. So I have a couple bullet points. My first thoughts. I'll tell you what I'm excited about, what I'm, what I'm relieved, what I think is great for the Packers, and that is they're playing Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not playing Russell Wilson. The 49ers might be a much better team, a much better team than the Seahawks. But Jimmy G is not a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. He's not a more experienced quarterback. He's not a better runner. He's not a better thrower. He's not more experienced. He's not more athletic. He's none of those things. Jimmy B, Jimmy G is a step below Russell Wilson. Now, he could go out and throw for 300 yards. That doesn't mean that he's better than Russell Wilson. I would rather have to try to defend Jimmy Garoppolo than try to defend 
Russell Wilson. Did you watch the Vikings 49ers game? Now, granted, that was Jimmy G's first career playoff game, and the Vikings were a pretty good team, and they were coming off a bye, so there was a chance that maybe there was some rust. But did you see how Kyle Shanahan, like, like reined him, and he didn't let him do anything? Jimmy Garoppolo attempted 19 passes. 11 for 19, 131, one touchdown, one interception. Now, we would berate Aaron Rodgers for putting up such a stat line, but that's because Jimmy Garoppolo is just starting his career, whereas Aaron Rodgers has been there, done that. I'm much, much more excited at the idea of the Packers defense trying to sack Jimmy Garoppolo than I was last week with the thought of our defense trying to tackle, you know, Russell Wilson, the guy who is the the breaker of dreams uh, when it comes to Wisconsin sports. He doesn't present the same challenges as Russell Wilson. And you know what? Jimmy Garoppolo might even throw you a pick or two. Russell Wilson ain't doing that. Or at least not ones that Kevin King is going to catch. Uh, let's talk about the bad. The, the bad, what worries me about the Packers is li- actually literally everything else. They're playing on the road. I think Kyle Shanahan is an excellent head coach. I think Robert Sala is a really good defensive coordinator. And I think other than the position of quarterback, they are going to be challenged much, much, much more than they were a week ago when they played Seattle. I didn't think Seattle was a good team. Like, I've been saying that for three weeks. I think they have a great quarterback, a great head coach. Across the board, I think they're average to below average. The 49ers, I don't know how the Packers are going to score. Like, I think they can get pressure on on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they might be able to stop the run in the pass a little bit. I don't know how they're going to score. That's something they have to figure out this week. Because the pass rush, the linebackers, the safeties, and the cornerbacks, that is a really, really good defense really talented, and with some experienced players as well who have been there, done that, like Richard Sherman. I don't know how the Packers are going to score. I think Rodgers is going to need to be amazing. I think he's going to need to be what he was on Sunday against Russell Wilson with a couple extra big plays because I don't think the Packers score 21 points if Aaron Rodgers doesn't make some magic happen, which he can. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. He can, but I think the Packers are going to need Aaron Rodgers to make some magic happen in order to score on that defense because I, I don't see a lot of ways the Packers are going to straight up be able to march down the field and score against that defense. It's going to take a little bit extra. It's going to take a little bit of magic, and that's going to have to come from number 12. Now, what am I up in the air on? That's the good. That's the bad. I'm I'm up in the air. I, like, my, my but wait moment is, like, the playoffs, and I talked about this with Bart, the playoffs are a, every week is a new season. Every week is a new season. You have to throw out everything from the postseason, from the regular season. Throw it out. Throw it out. The playoffs are little one-week seasons, and you never know what's going to happen. This is why analytics people literally, they, they, it doesn't matter this time of year. Analytics are meant to predict. They're meant to project. And with a big sample size, they're very accurate. But in one game, who knows? Who knows? You cannot project what's going to happen in this game based on what happened in the regular season because of injuries, because of momentum, because of weather, because of a million different things. I like the Packers' chances this weekend because it's a one-game season. It's a one-game season. Yeah, they got killed by him earlier in the year. Okay. It's been how long? And every week in the playoffs is a brand new season. We'll continue to preview this game moving forward, but keep that in mind. Forget about what happened in the regular season. Forget about what happened on Sunday and Saturday. doesn't matter. New season every single week in the postseason. That's why it's so fun. We'll keep talking Packers, 49ers, NFC Championship game tomorrow. Same time, same place. Talk to you then.